Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Our number two is here. Armando Salguero joins us. That's in 20 minutes. Tennessee Power Hour today. We'll give you three things to watch that we want to see from the Tennessee Vols against Alabama and then three keys on how the Titans down the Kansas City Chiefs. Hot ticket, by the way, here in Nashville uh, for Sunday's game. A lot, of, uh, no, I, a lot of Chiefs fans coming. I love how you uh, frame that on, on my three big things for Tennessee. <laughs> how the Vols beat Bama. Well, a week ago was three keys for Tennessee to beat Ole Miss, and right. that was legitimate. I thought the, you know these three things would help Tennessee actually win a game that I thought they could win, and it turns out they, they could have won the game. It was very close. How would you like this one? For when me? I wanted to frame this, and I'm thinking, I, there's nothing I can put on paper or in my mind that says three things, three keys for Tennessee to win against <laughs> Alabama. So... I come in today before the show, and Hunt says, let's just make it three things you want to see for Tennessee against Alabama. I said, I love that, because my idea was three keys yeah. for Tennessee we to cover. Wouldn't it be cute three if one of them was for Tennessee to cover for the them 25. not to lose? Yeah, three keys to cover the 25. No, that, it's, they're losing. <laughs> I'll, I'll talk about things I, would, things I would like to see. One, don't lose. Maybe in 10 years. Well, I've said it before. I'll say it again. When Nick Saban's dead, that's when Tennessee will beat Alabama. That's not going to happen until then. I don't see Nick Saban retiring. He's going to die in that job. And then one day when Alabama hires a worse coach than Nick Saban, that is when um, Tennessee will win in that series. Catfish Jake sent me a tweet this week, and he said, boy, this is a tough week for all of us (laughs) Alabama fans in the state of Tennessee. And he was being serious. It's a tough week because, you know, we know the streak's going to end at some point, and Josh Heupel's really got him playing well. This is always miserable, and I – basically responded and said, you know, screw your tough week. I'm sorry <laughs> that you have to deal with this every week. My, my team's a 25-point underdog, and they have no shot. And uh, I was at the last time Tennessee beat Alabama, and it was in 2006. I was barely out of college the last time Tennessee beat Alabama. So, yeah, screw your tough week for all you Alabama fans. That, oh, we, we got to worry about when is the streak going to end? Come on, give me a break. At least one thing on every NFL game for week seven. We mentioned it kicks off tonight with Denver and Cleveland. Uh, Browns hosting that on Thursday night football. On Sunday, Washington at Green Bay. The Packers signed Whitney Merciless to their roster yesterday. This after adding uh, Jalen Smith from Dallas after Dallas cut their former second round pick earlier this month. Front office is going in with defense. And for all the discussion about how Aaron Rodgers doesn't get help on offense. Here's the front office helping give a boost to their defense as uh, they gear up for a playoff run and positioning with all the seeds going on there. Washington, by the way, the league's worst scoring defense. Uh, They've given up 30 or more points in four straight games. I mean, it's outrageous for their defense to be that bad when it was – if we looked at the – NFC East coming into this season, I think the one thing we would have hung our hat on was that Washington would have a good defense. It it was supposed to be their calling card, and it is not, for sure. Falcons at Dolphins. Falcons coming off their bye week. 
Uh, they've historically been really good after their week off, 19 and 13 after buys is, is their record. Um, really strange stat here. So for Miami and why you may be looking at Deshaun Watson, the longest touchdown pass thrown by Tua or Brissett going back on their stats this year, six yards. That's their longest touchdown pass on the season by their quarterbacks. Six yards. If they're not in the red zone, they're not scoring. Uh, Jets at Patriots. Damian Harris at running back for New England. He has two 100-yard games. He's averaging over four yards per carry. He leads New England with three touchdowns. Jets have not scored in the first quarter this year. They're coming off their bye week. Full stop. <laughs> the big difference Jets in this have one, not but, scored in the first quarter this year. Zach Delay, Wilson and uh, Zach Wilson and Mac Jones. The big difference uh, in pass protection. Wilson completes 57% of his passes. Mac Jones completes 71% of his passes on the season. Small, small difference there. This makes me think of uh, Tom Brady with the joke about Aaron Rodgers, you know, saying he owned the Bears on his radio show. He owned stock. And he said, you know, man, I I just want to give it up to Aaron Rodgers. He owns Soldier Field, and he's really diversifying well. He's got a great post-playing career uh, on, on deck with everything that he owns. Then they said something about, well, do you own the, the Jets? They were looking through the record, and he said, no, I'll just own the color green. <laughs> That's better than the Jets. I'll own the color green, is what Tom Brady said. And maybe he does now. Who knows? Panthers have allowed only 30 points in their 3-0 and start. Um, that start was against the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans. Last three weeks, the Panthers have played better teams. They've allowed 91 points, and they've lost all three games. Uh, as they now visit the Giants, another bad team. But they don't have McCaffrey. So now we see them after losses to Dallas, Philly, and Minnesota in this one. They were the talk of the NFL after three weeks, and now uh, they're just you know the talk of whether or not they can get that seventh seed uh, in the playoffs for the NFC. Bengals at Ravens. Lamar Jackson 5-0 and against the Bengals as the starting quarterback for Baltimore. The last three games against the Bengals have not been close. The Ravens have blown them out. This is a much better Bengals team top to bottom. For Cincinnati, when they had that early win against the Steelers, we talked about what a monumental step in the process for the Bengals that was, even though the Steelers at that stage were really struggling. I mean, if they could pull an upset against these Ravens, that would really say something about the Bengals. I think it would be really difficult because the Ravens are as good as anybody maybe right now. But I, I, I don't think it's impossible feat for the Bengals right now. And no, of course does, not. Did does, you see the Colts? Those division teams have uh, you know, uh, intimate knowledge of yeah. each other. I, I would love to see that. I mean, the, the method and how the Colts built that big lead against, uh, against Baltimore uh, shows you that, that Cincinnati can play that style, right? And run game, uh, Bengals run game, is stout. They can control the clock just like Baltimore can. So um, I, I'm, in, I'm intrigued about this the same way I was about the Chargers. feels visiting. like Mixon carries a ton, ex- except in the context of the modern NFL, you have to think of Derrick Henry, so Mixon hardly carries it at all. Eagles visiting the Raiders on Sunday. Max Crosby deserves a shout-out this week. Last week against Denver, here's his stat line. Three sacks, six total tackles, one pass defended. He had a tackle for loss. On the year, on the year, he's first in the NFL in quarterback hurries, quarterback hits, and total pressures. 
Um, don't hear his name all that much. When you discuss great defenders right now in the league, he deserves a total mention can't, each and every week. Can't talk about two potential defensive player of the year candidates at once, and all the talk is about Diggs. I can't talk about Max Crosby without pointing out that he has two X's on the end of his first Double name. X. Very, uh, very different. I don't, know, I don't know how we feel about that. Love it. Rams, Lions. Goff against his former team. Stafford against his former team. Stafford's now an MVP candidate. Meanwhile, Goff has been called out uh, by Dan Campbell after their loss this past week where he says he, he needs to see more from his vet, more leadership, more execution, more energy, everything. And I thought McLean brought up a good point this week. He thought that was calculated going into the week where they're headed to L.A. The spread on this is, I think, 15 and a half. I teased it down to 13 and a half and put a lot of money on it, and you should do the same thing. Why do you, why do you need the two points? I, I just think two touchdowns, uh, to, to me, is a number, but I, I think they'll, they'll win big. Uh, but that's a safe number to me. Stafford, 16 touchdown passes in six games so far. Texans at the Cardinals as Arizona begins a home stretch. They've won four already on the road in their 6-0 start. They've committed only five turnovers so far this season. That's the third fewest in the league. And the Texans have lost two of their past three games by a combined score of 71-3. to They're due for a stumble, but there's nothing to see here. No. Um, I don't know how you would go and, and take the Texans in this game for any reason. Is this the biggest spread, or is the Lions-Rams what, bigger? I haven't seen the one on this. It's got to be in the same ballpark. FanDuel.com for more info there. Bucks hosting the Bears. Bucks are banged up. Um, and if you look through their injury list this week, Missing practice yesterday, Antonio Brown, Levante David, Rob Gronkowski, O.J. Howard, Jason Pierre-Paul. And this is a Bears defense. They rank first in defense. But offensively, <laughs> they are last in offense, last in passing. And they, they barely move the football in their possessions. It, they're 30th in scoring. I asked you guys this question uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. Can Matt Nagy come up with the plan, the construction of an offense for Justin Fields to not screw it up for that defense and be a winner? with Justin no. Fields this year. No. And this all goes back to the fundamental question of, in 2021, National Football League football, can you play a style in a way where you are bad on offense, almost willfully bad on offense to protect your defense? And I think the answer is no. And I think we're seeing that with the stats you just named well, they, uh, the, with, the, with the Bears. I thought it was interesting. But they've also won. You know, they've, they've, they haven't yeah, lost every three. game. Yeah. They, they, they're three and three. Not with Fields, I'm saying. And it's interesting that they, uh, last week, Green Bay took an approach where they were not going to push the ball down the field against them. They were not, they were going to get the ball out quick against the Chicago pass rush. Um, I think Rodgers was something like 15 for 15 on passes, 10 yards or in. Um, that, that was the high majority of their efficient. Uh, play and they won by 10 24 14 over Chicago you want to talk about balanced offense uh, Antonio Brown who you said is on the injury list has really dented Godwin and Evans you got Godwin with 34 catches Evans with 31 Brown with 29 two touchdowns four touchdowns four touchdowns if you were a fantasy person that thought one of them was going to be 
uh, above the others. They're diluting each other. Packers on the bye week, but uh, Rodgers has thrown uh, touchdown passes to seven different receivers this year already. That, that's really impressive. And I think he had, he had thrown to 11 or 12 by the time the Titans got to Lambeau in December of last year. Six for Brady. Yeah, I mean, that, they spread it around perfectly. Um, Colts and 49ers, Sunday night football. Carson Wentz, he's actually been good recently. Uh, if you just take a look at his numbers, he he's only thrown one interception in, in, in six games. Current streak of 144 passes without a pick. Uh, they'll need that against the 49ers defense that's looking for a reason to, to provide a spark for that team. The 49ers have rushed for six touchdowns this season by six different players. So while other offenses spread it around to receivers, this offense gives the football on end arounds and jet sweeps to a number of different players. Well, it's really out of necessity, too, because they've been banged up back there. I, I think they're pretty oh, evenly, Lance hasn't been good. It pretty evenly matched up uh, team-wise. So I don't love either of these teams, but I think we get a competitive football game on Sunday night. Chad, this is your, this is your game. Former FCS quarterbacks, no matter who starts. You've got Garoppolo and Lance and Wentz. It's uh, the, the underdog story. It's amazing, though, how you look across the league – I was, I was thinking about the other night. It's either a five-star, no-doubt, big prospect that's a starter in the league or someone that was a two-star that barely had an offer. And I was thinking about that with Ryan Tannehill, who was a pretty big-time prospect coming out of high school, and uh, Josh Allen, who had no mm. offers, who went junior college, then Wyoming, going head-to-head. It's, it's often the, the story. Saints at Seahawks, Monday night football. Saints 31st in the league in passing this season. Jameis Winston, they don't want him standing in the pocket for very long. They want him getting the ball out quick, and they've, they've done that to some extent at a, at a good rate. Uh, but he's passed for fewer than 150 yards in three of the five games. The Saints are 3-2 and two on the season. Meanwhile, the Seahawks' defense on the field for 35 minutes a game. Seattle has the worst time of possession in the NFL. So... Can the run game get going for the Saints with Kamara and they control the clock? Seahawks played a pretty good game uh, against the Steelers. We see them twice in primetime in a row. I'm a Saints non-believer. I'm looking forward to seeing them, though. I haven't seen much of the Saints, so curious. Sean Payton, 12-6 and six after a bye. He is excellent with his game plan when given a week to prepare, um, and they are on the road in Seattle on Monday night. Later in today's show, we'll preview Titans and Chiefs. When we come back, we preview the NFL slate and the news of the week. Deshaun Watson, is he about to be traded to Miami? Armando Salguero of OutKick joins us next for OutKick 360. About to be joined by Armando Salguero of OutKick.com. OutKick 360 rolls on across the OutKick network, and that includes our radio network from Fox Sports Shoals, Muscle Shoals, Alabama, Huntsville, uh, you, reaches all the way to Birmingham. We've got Knoxville, Tennessee, Fox Sports, Knoxville, and in the Upper Cumberland, Cookville, Crossville with Sports Radio 104.7. Um, we would love for you guys to go visit their website, sportsradio1047.com. That is where you can find the live stream. Uh, Paul, we have uh, heard from listeners in the past who, you know, with the YouTube app, they can't close the app yes. and keep us up. You know, it closes us out too. You can now go to the website for the live stream and listen to us in the background. Dylan's going to tweet out that link right now, in fact. Yeah, and uh, if so you, you open that. that in Safari, 
on an iPhone, you can then, uh, you know, hit the button. And one of the options is add it to your home screen. So then you basically turn it into an app. You hit that button and boom, you're streaming it. Love that. Going to keep up with uh, Major League Baseball this evening as well. Chad's Braves with a chance to uh, take advantage of this 3-1 series lead. Chad, Chad's emphasizing lately that he's not that into the Braves. <laughs> I'm very into the Braves. Yeah, Paul took one thing I said in a question about Tennessee football versus the Braves earlier today. I don't care about the Braves. I care about the Braves less than I care about Tennessee. I only have so much room in my heart to love, <laughs> to love something. He would trade. And it's just different levels of love. He would trade Tennessee wins over Georgia and Alabama. He would take that, regular season wins that don't amount to much, and he would take those over a World Series trophy for the Braves. I think that's a ridiculous trade-off. I don't care about them equally. That, that was my answer to that. I, I would care more about that because yeah, that I care more for one. about Tennessee. That's the only thing I'm really emotionally tied to. I love the Braves, but if the Braves lose this series, I'm going to be frustrated for about a day. That's about it. Still, championship versus a regular season win. Even if you like one substantially less, you're talking a title versus a regular season win. I most just, I can't relate. Most 20-yard or more passes completed in the NFL. Which quarterback do you think leads the league after six weeks? Kyler Murray. Chad? 20 yards or more, Aaron Rodgers. Derek Carr with wow. 32. Second is Tom Brady. For all the discussion about, well, he doesn't have the velocity, he's not throwing deep anymore, this was all New England conversation. Yeah, I haven't heard that in the year This plus. was a huge point of emphasis when the Titans played New England in Foxborough for the wild card game. His final game is the start of the Patriots. You know, everything was dink and dunk and... 10 yards and in it's it's been the opposite and and this is 20 yards plus this is not a wide receiver screen that takes it for 50 it was the weapons to a degree but look we saw him in that playoff his arm did not look live no it did not and it looks live now so something's changed there I mean it wasn't unfair to say that Tom Brady's arm did not look good in 2019 his last year in Tampa, uh, in in New England, and now he's doing it at forty four, and he's second in the league by two passes. Yeah, in this category, for sure. Um, down in the twenties, Matthew Stafford and Lamar Jackson each with twenty six passes of twenty yards or more through six weeks, uh, and also going deep. And this is this is surprising me. Kirk Cousins has done it twenty five times. The majority of the Minnesota offense is contained within a box, a 15-yard box. But they do take their shots. Well, Jefferson and can go. Jefferson and, and Thielen. Thielen, yeah. Um, Lamar Jackson, that's been the biggest surprise is how much he has emphasized the, the passing game and has done really well with it. Who despite the other end of Despite those? missing Hollywood the first... Andrews? He missed the... Yes. He missed the first two. Sammy Watkins has also been, been good. He missed the first two weeks of camp due to COVID. Um, you know, and they, uh, they didn't have much going in the preseason at quarterback. They didn't get a whole lot of reps with him and his new wide receivers. It hasn't mattered all that much. Um, also not practicing all that much is Deshaun Watson in Houston. And he's now on the trade block. Are they going to trade Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins? We asked that to Armando Salguero, who knows the Dolphins well. 
John McClain with the report yesterday, Armando, Houston Chronicle, that the Texans and, and Dolphins talking extensively want to get it done this week, this week ahead of the November 2nd trade deadline. What are you hearing in South Beach, and why do the, why do the Miami Dolphins, with one win on the season, want Deshaun Watson right now? Well, first of all, I want to say I'm sorry I was a little late. I've spent the last... Unacceptable. ...trying to figure out how to... Uh, do a Fox News expense reimbursement form. Oh, so, let us know how you do that because we need to do that as yeah. well. Yeah. <laughs> so we've been I, unsuccessful been, uh, so far. I, no, I haven't been, and you know I get paid to write words, <laughs> foreign thing to me. So there's that. Um, as far as Deshaun Watson, huh, you you guys know that. The Dolphins' stated position is Tua is our quarterback, right? Yeah, we've heard that. Yep. And that stated position, despite the fact that they talked to the Texans about Deshaun Watson before the draft, and that stated position, despite the fact they talked to the Texans about Deshaun Watson after the draft, and that stated position, despite the fact that they talked to the Texans at the start of training camp, and that stated position that they talked to the Texans during the preseason. And that stated position, despite the fact that they've recently been talking to the Texans. So do I really believe that Tua is the Dolphins quarterback? Hmm. No, I really don't believe that. I believe he is their quarterback right now. And I believe that if they are able to consummate a Deshaun Watson trade, which they, I just pointed out, they've been trying to do for months, then Tuatonga Vailoa, who was drafted last year, number five overall, in the first round, Sunday is supposed to start only his 13th game. He's out. He's, he's gone. Goodbye. We've made a decision on you in 13 games. Multiple reports, Armando, seem to suggest that there's a, a side deal, a third team. I don't know if it's a three-way trade or a separate trade that has to be made before this could happen. What are your suspicions? Armando has that report. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. What, who, who do we think and, and what, what could the return be here that makes this fruitful enough to be a piece of what needs to happen with Houston? So it's interesting because uh, since I so I reported that Paul yesterday. Apologies. Um, there's two third teams, believe it or not. One of them on the Dolphins side, another one on the Texans side. Uh, the Texans wouldn't be done uh, once they ship Deshaun Watson. They have designs on you know, bringing in other players. So that's number one. Number two, the Dolphins then would have a very awkward situation in their locker room, having Deshaun Watson and Tua in their locker room. So obviously, you know, although they are an awkward team with an awkward record, I think they don't want to do awkward on purpose. And so they have to find a way to ship to a Tungavailoa somewhere. The Texans don't want to a Tungavailoa. And by the way, neither does Washington, uh, neither does Denver, 
Uh, neither does Carolina that I know of. No, obviously, neither does Miami either. Can we speculate a little bit on the dance partners uh, for both these teams, Armando, and, and who may have available draft picks that could be willing to make this move? Have you gotten that far to know some possible teams that both Houston and Miami could be dealing with as the third partner in this deal? Yeah, I have my Colombo jacket well put away, so my detective abilities are not as good as they used to be, but we do know this, right? The Tua Tungavailoa part of it, it doesn't, it's not going to be a first round pick. There's no one that's going to give a first round pick for Tua. And that says something, I think, one year after the Dolphins picked them number five about that pick. Because, for example, the Los Angeles Chargers picked Justin Herbert one selection after Tua. And if they put Justin Herbert on the trade block today, which would never happen, this is hypothetical, they would get not a first-round pick. They would get multiple first-round picks for Justin Herbert. And yet the guy picked just before him, very unlikely anyone's going to give up a first-round pick for him. Armando, you mentioned 13 starts for Tua. They made up their mind. Help me with the line of thinking because it comes across as just stupid to me that they traded out of the third pick in April where they could have selected a quarterback then. They then trade up and give away a first-round pick to draft Jalen Waddell at six. And I mean, the example would be there of Josh Rosen in Arizona and Kyler Murray's available, so you take the quarterback because you're not sold on yours. Why, why were they sold on Tua in April and not in October? Yeah, Jonathan, thank you for asking me to explain stupid. I guess yeah. that's a, <laughs> you think I, anyway. my capabilities are. And they're about to um, trade for a quarterback who they don't really know if he's going to be able to play in a year. Correct. And so in a year, this year, I, I mean, what's the point at this point? They are one in five they're very unlikely to go to the playoffs. Can we agree on that? For sure. So even if Deshaun Watson, who was good enough last year that he helped the Texans lose 12 games, um, even if he were to come in, even if he were to learn the offense immediately, even if the offensive line was suddenly fixed and they found some talent in the running back room, which they don't have. And the wide receivers suddenly stopped being, um, you know, injured all the time. They're still not, a, a, you know, a home run to make the playoffs. So you're doing it this year. Why? Why? And you're not going to save the season. And then next year is a better time to do it because everyone may finally find out whether Deshaun Watson is in jail, which is kind of important, or suspended by the commissioner, or something else because of the 22 lawsuits and the 10 criminal complaints that are hanging over his head. It makes no sense for a team like the Miami Dolphins right now to trade for Deshaun Watson. Now, if you're telling me that you're a team that's, on the verge of being pretty good and maybe look uh, the Seattle Seahawks 
they need a quarterback and their present star quarterback who is on injured reserve. He's not thrilled being there and might not be thrilled at the end of the season. Now that starts to make a little bit of sense to me because you're fixing the issue now and setting yourself up for the future. But the Dolphins, I don't understand how that works other than the fact that Deshaun Watson wants to play for Miami. By the way, if I'm Deshaun Watson and I want to play for Miami, I'm asking myself, why do I want to play for Miami? <laughs> so what? what's the impetus? Is ownership just sure that this team's better than one in five based on a promising year last year, thinking that that expanded playoff pool, that seventh, uh, seventh slot might be attainable, uh, that, that Deshaun Watson would draw people to the building. What's the root of it, Armando, in, in terms of all coming back from London, reawakened on, on wanting to make this deal? Okay, so I, I look, I don't know exactly what the root of it is other than desperate people doing desperate things. It's very clear that if the Dolphins season continues on its current arc, folks are going to get fired at the end of the season, including the general manager who's trying to trade for Deshaun Watson, including the head coach who's trying to trade for Deshaun Watson. And so if I'm ownership, and I know that this is a true story. In, 20, in 2018, the Miami Dolphins in the draft room, general manager Chris Greer with the number 11 overall pick was about to pick Minka Fitzpatrick. And owner Stephen Ross said, wait a second now. What a, why don't we trade down and maybe get something back and still get the player we want or pick Lamar Jackson. <laughs> and Chris Greer said, nope, I'm picking Minka Fitzpatrick 11 overall. And if you don't like this, this move, fire me right now because I'm going to do it. So basically, he knows that his general manager passed on Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar Jackson good? Yeah. <laughs> Jackson's pretty good. So I'm the owner who has a general manager who passed on Lamar Jackson, and I'm trusting him with more quarterback decisions? Really? And he also traded a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick for Josh Rosen? I mean, also a true story. When they traded for Josh Rosen, I was in the press conference, and I said to them, this doesn't seem like a good idea. The people I'm talking <laughs> say this is a terrible idea. And Brian Flores mocked me during the press conference and said, well, you know, you can talk to whoever basically you want to talk to. The people we're talking to, who we trust, they think this is a great idea. Fast forward like six months, it was a terrible idea. <laughs> I recognized it. Fast forward a year and a half, Josh Rosen cut by the Miami Dolphins and the second round pick that they used and the fifth round pick that they used, you know, off somewhere else. So those are the folks that are trying to make quarterback decisions. You know, they cut. No, they didn't cut. 
They studied Ryan Tannehill when Brian Flores arrived to see if what they had on the roster was a person, a quarterback they could win with and came to the grand conclusion that that Tannehill was not worth keeping. So they they paid him and traded him. They paid the Tennessee Titans money to take Ryan Tannehill. Has Ryan Tannehill been okay with the Tennessee Titans? Hmm. I'm not saying he's an elite quarterback, but he's good. He's good enough. He's he's playoff caliber. He may not be Super Bowl caliber, but he's playoff caliber. But the Dolphins people running the show right now decided he's not good enough for us. So tell me which good quarterback decision has this group made that deserves another big quarterback decision? Armando Salguero bringing the heat today. And uh, Armando, you have a great weekly column about quarterbacks up at OutKick.com. I, I enjoy reading it every week. Reading some notes about you know Case Keenum tonight going in, in Thursday night football. And, and I'm seeing a lot about some uncertainty around Baker Mayfield in Cleveland for, for injury and I, I guess play at times as well. Are you sensing any uncertainty about Baker Mayfield getting that contract extension with Cleveland eventually, or is this really in flux right now? It's in flux. Uh, the season for them is in flux, by the way. They're a very deep, very good team beyond Baker Mayfield, except that right now they're deep and good are mostly on injured lists and inactive lists. Their two starting running backs are not playing tonight. Uh, Case Keenum, as you mentioned, is the starting quarterback for them. Here's the problem for Baker Mayfield. Um, if you're smallish, which he is, if you're not really connecting with your best receiver, which Odell Beckham Jr. is, they don't have a chemistry. If Jarvis Landry is out, which he is, and you're not really getting the job done because you're losing games as they did to the Los Angeles Chargers, um, you know, what's the point of you? <laughs> you're smallish. You're not getting it done. You're not connecting with your guys that that need to be connected with. And, oh, now you're hurt. So I understand why the Cleveland Browns have been reticent about paying Baker Mayfield. Uh, I also understand that it might eventually come after the season, but it wouldn't be at the level that I think a Baker Mayfield might want. Armando Salguero has been our guest. Uh, Armando, I know next week you're headed to watch the Packers, right? The Packers at the Arizona Cardinals. It's, uh, you know, assuming the Cardinals do work, uh, they're going to be undefeated, and the Packers are pretty good too, despite the fact that all the pundits on ESPN wanted, you know, all their Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur. <laughs> They wanted heads to roll after the Packers lost the first game. What would do work entail against the Houston Texans on Sunday for Arizona? Uh, well, a one point, yeah, a one point victory is what they'll take. <laughs> my, is it'll be way more than that if uh, my friends at you know in Las Vegas, <laughs> at sports books have a say about it. No doubt. Armando, we love having you on, man. Thank you for the time. Uh, enjoy the football weekend. We'll catch up next Thursday with you. 
Thank you. I've got my calculator. I'm going back right. to the five <laughs> uh, expense app. Take Let care. us know Good how luck. it goes. Armando Salguero uh, with us, uh, NFL writer, columnist for Outkick.com. Uh, he mentioned the sports book, FanDuel.com slash OK360, the website. If you are a first-time user for FanDuel, go to the site. And by doing so, if you're a first-time user and you go to FanDuel.com slash OK360, you can opt in and have up to a $1,000 risk-free bet. Risk-free, up to $1,000. You get that back in site credit if you lose your first bet. You deposit 10, you can deposit 1,000, you can bet up to 1,000. You get it back if you lose your first bet. FanDuel.com slash OK360. How is Chad going to bet the night with the Braves and Dodgers? Already bet. Oh, we we find out the confidence level of Withrow. Already with the bet. Bravos. Next, Outkick 360 rolls on. At this time yesterday, I don't think Chad was confident in the Braves. No, I was not. Fast forward to exactly this moment, and he has his entire inheritance for, for his children placed on Atlanta tonight at FanDuel.com. I just got uh, a little less confident when I saw the Dodgers starter because uh, it's the one guy who's got the courage to stand up to the Astros and everyone else. Joe Kelly, courage start my man. for the Dodgers, courage. the relief pitcher. So it's a bullpen. It's a bullpen day. They want to get off to the right uh, attitude in the start. So Joe Kelly has just been named the starter for the Dodgers. Max Fried for the Braves. It is now down to minus 135 for the Dodgers. Hutton, I will tell you that I bet on the Braves as the underdog in this game. Yes, you did. This team, they've got something going. Eddie Rosario, I, I joked about this. Amazing the amount of people who don't sense a little bit of sarcasm on Twitter. I said that if the Braves <laughs> win the World Series, Eddie Rosario is the greatest Braves trade of all time. And I immediately get people, oh, John Smoltz for Doyle Alexander is slightly better. Uh, Greg Maddox, it, just going down the list. And I'm thinking, yeah, it was, it was kind of a joke. But uh, Rosario's been great. Every Braves addition at the trade deadline has not just hit, but hit remarkably well. Adam Duvall is the RBI leader in the National League. Jorge Soler has been huge down the stretch. He's got COVID. He's going to be back on the World Series roster. Rosario's been great once he got healthy. I mean, everyone they traded for, it's, it's pretty remarkable to see everything work out, maybe even better than you expected. Jock Peterson, of course, with what he's been able to do in the postseason? little bravado right there. He said he's, he's going to be back for the World Series roster. Yeah, if they're, I mean, I'm betting he's on them to win the tonight, so Look, he's got to be back for the World is Series. It fair, is, it, is it crazy to ask this question? If the injuries don't happen to Atlanta, are they in this position? Because they wouldn't have been as active at the trade deadline, and all of these guys have been excellent. Yeah, but if they were they healthy, their guys, those guys were better than these guys. Well, I'm... But there's no gear. I mean, Freddie Freeman hasn't been great in this series. He's woken up now. But but the guys that they lost, uh, I mean, would would you rather their healthy lineup instead of their adjusted to being unhealthy lineup? I mean, you want a Cunha That's a good in the question. Lineup, I mean, but, yeah, I want Acuna. Everybody uh, that they've acquired time. has been excellent. Yes. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, Hutton. No, they're probably not where they are right now with the lineup. I mean, they were not in first place. I know. Uh, now, granted, they lost Ozuna early with the uh, domestic abuse allegations. And they had the same else. record Soroka as the Cubs when Acuna early. went down, didn't they? It was something very uh, was, close well, to that. They, 
they were only about a even. game or two apart when Jock Peterson was traded from the Cubs to the Braves. The Braves, I think, were two games better than the Cubs, and they were buyers. At that and the point. Cubs were sellers. Yeah, and 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 I kind of joked about it. Boy, two different, and even the uh, Washington at one point was like two or three games behind the Braves, and they were big time sellers. The Braves were big time buyers. It paid off for the Braves. Look, you can't mess with the chemistry that has you playing so well in October. So I wouldn't take any of it back. As strange as that sounds, and yeah, the Braves are depleted with injuries to some of their best players, but those injuries led to October stars like Eddie Rosario, Jock Peterson, Adam Duvall, who's been great once again as a Brave. He was great with the Marlins this year, great with the Braves a year ago. They bring him back at the deadline. I mean, it's all worked out perfectly well so far for the Braves. So, no, I mean, it's, it sounds strange to say, but I wouldn't yeah. change a thing. I want Acuna back and healthy next year. I'm not saying I'm, I'm glad right. he's injured, but with the mix you have right now, it's working. Paul, you've had the chance to, to look through Seth Wickersham's new book on the New England Patriots, and you came away with some takeaways yeah. and Titans tidbits. Well, I didn't actually uh, see the book. I, I stumbled across a clip of, uh, of a show on WEEI discussing the book, and they've seen more details. And uh, I'll just give you a quick thing on three things I found interesting wanted you to react to. In 2008, Eric Mangini and Bill Belichick nearly came to blows at the owners' meeting. So this is heated Belichick. Spygate investigation, Roger Goodell was calling around to other coaches to get their reaction to Bill Belichick stealing the signals. Everybody wanted him to come down hard on Belichick except one coach. Mike Shanahan said, I wish I taped signals and thought of using the same loophole. And this weighed heavily on the commissioner. And these hosts were tying this together to Garoppolo trade being so easy for Kyle Shanahan 10 years later as a payback to Mike Shanahan for really covering for Belichick on the sign stealing. And Malcolm Butler not playing against the Eagles reportedly fought with Matt Patricia the week of preparation for lack of effort. They had heated words that week, and Malcolm Butler got demoted. At the team party after that game, they still have a gathering, right? You're not flying back after the game. You get together, and teammates asked him what was up, and he gestured towards Patricia and the defensive coaching staff, and he said, those dudes, those MFers. That was the reason that he didn't play in that game. Well, I think we knew. And that was the end of Malcolm's time in New England. Yeah, but then, I think then we he knew, came here to Nashville. But it's bizarre. It's more meat on the bone. They, yeah. they, and, uh, they were willing to sacrifice the position and possibly the game. Over this for a, Not just a game, the Super Bowl. On principle. Yeah. Yeah, it's Which a is, little, you know, I mean, is that noble or is that stupid? Well, it's, it's funny stupid. that on principle that they're going to do that. You can still get rid of him. It, it's the picking and choosing of principles. You know, on principle, they're going to sit Malcolm Butler for that, but principles also didn't lead them to stop from recording signals and <laughs> doing everything else they did, right? They also, a, th- that's okay because it's us trying to gain an advantage, but we will put ourselves at a disadvantage to prove a point that we're the boss over the play. With a guy who won us a Super Bowl a couple of years before. With it, to me, it's almost very MVP. anti-Patriots to sit here. Why would they not? But that's also bizarre that they wouldn't address it. Yeah. Like they refuse to address the to issue. To this day, they won't address it. I know. It. Patricia left the Patriots and wouldn't address it. 
Um, I think that Shanahan thing is really interesting as well. Like, oh, there's a loophole I should have taken advantage of. It's, and that's just one guy. I mean, if you've got 30 other coaches telling you it's BS and one guy, how much weight could he have carried? That seems silly to me, but it's believable too. Belichick also wanted Garoppolo out of there. Yeah, but he could have done better. Coming up. We get into Tennessee, Alabama, and not how Tennessee wins the game, but things we want to see from the Vols against the Crimson Tide. Later, we preview Titans and Chiefs on OutKick 360.